Hi everyone, I'm Portia. And I'm Namsa. Welcome to a soon it will be brilliant. Shandaland Stand Podcast. Hey Noms. Hi Paul. How are you today? <laughs> good, good. How are you? I'm so excited I'm actually. I'm just going to say that right off the top. I'm this really is a excited. Very, How are you? Very good episode. I'm also very excited because we're venturing out of expected programming where we're like kind of jokey but pretty serious. But today we're turning on the purple lights. It's getting a little sexy. <laughs> yeah. NSFW. We're going to do a full content warning. We're putting on our six-inch heels. Okay, this is our NSFW episode. We're going to be chatting about the depiction of male and female nudity on screen and the unequal and exploitative nature of visual storytelling as it pertains to the female body, which does bring us back into our very intellectual vibe about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. To do this, we'll be talking about a specific piece of visual media. It's a TV show on HBO Max called Minx. And to help us talk about it today, we have a very special guest who is my dear friend, Betty. But do you prefer if I say Betty, like as East African as we are, both of us? <laughs> I will totally respond to both. I am flexible that way. And I'm pretty sure the only reason why I've been invited on this podcast day, this is also by way of introduction, is because I am very comfortable saying the word penis. And so I think like I am going to be unofficially known as the penis lady of the internet because the last podcast I was invited to speak on, we also talked about penises. So it's just like, <laughs> Betty, penis be me is it's synonymous it's the official title <laughs> <laughs> oh my god listen we're all trying to be grown-ups here i will take this as yeah. a as a healing for my uh for my conditioning uh but i prefer it i me like too. all the clinical terms you know i like saying penis i like saying vulva i like saying sex all the sort of innuendo Same. makes it weird for me sometimes I love it. And the way that you set up the whole podcast, you were like, we're going to talk about this piece of film or whatever. And the whole time in my head, I'm just thinking, we're talking about bits, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the, I'm in the right place, right? We're, we're, is this a dick podcast? But you know, I'm, don't mean to be blue. We are going to be very sophisticated and we have lots of feelings and thoughts and opinions about anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, it's true, it's true. Okay, so the show is, Minx and everybody here has seen all 10 episodes. Do you want to do the summary of the plot, uh, Nomsa, since you watched it most, most recently? I do. I just want to put up straight up there. I was raised conservative Christian, so I just got a shockwave of feelings when this when I started watching the show and when <laughs> initially when I heard about it because I'd actually seen the trailer, I didn't realize what I was in for. And when you said, Hey, let's, let's chat about the show. I said, great. And then I started watching it and <laughs> wow, quickly, quickly in it. It's about this woman who wants to start a, a magazine. Originally she wants to call it the matriarch. What's the matriarchy awakens. <laughs> this is my favorite bitch. She wants to, <laughs> she wants to she's a, she's a female feminist and she just thinks women are ready to hear this. It's the, like the 1970s. She's like, it's this is the time. Lib- exactly this is prime time we need a magazine called the matriarchy awakens and honestly she so she goes to this conference and figures out pretty soon that it's a hard sell no men in publishing want to publish something called the matriarchy awakens and it's at the time when mostly men are in publishing so she actually gets a backer who is a porn magazine publisher and the two of them starts this magazine and he says change the name they call it minx and it will be what she wants in that it is about you know the feminist awakening but it will actually feature male nudity so we'll have male models or male anybody who will be on the cover and will be the main centerfold full frontal nudity is what we're talking about we will see everything mm-hmm. from the head to their toes including their penis mm-hmm. and it's a lot it's a lot of penai that i saw <laughs> <laughs> i know it was so many penis <laughs> is that the pro for penises 
No, not at all. It's the funny. It's the fun. It's the funner one. It's the funner. I, I like it. it. It's the more fun one to say. I know um, it is right. And to, we should also add that the objective of the magazine too was it is meant to be subversive. So there is nudity yeah. in it, but it's kind of does what Playboy did in later years in the sense that the yes. articles are serious. They're not just look at this peen. They are talking about social issues and covering a lot of political stuff that's going on, or at least and, and that's what she wanted for the literary part of the magazine. And even the shoots and the photographs were made to go with, they would have a concept. They wouldn't just be about being naked in a sort of uh, titillating way. They would be shot artistically and match sort of what the article is about, but of course be, I guess, sexy. I was just going to say that I think you highlight one of the like biggest tensions of the show and tell me if I'm skipping ahead, but between sort of the literary concept of what she wanted in terms of her feminist perspective and the salacious nature of like the magazines and what draws people in, but also the entertainment value. And so the head to head Mm -hmm. of that was like the most intriguing thing for me. And I know we're going to talk about everything, but that's kind of at the, at the heart of, I think a lot of our movements as uh, I mean, as a self-proclaimed liberal, I think we have a lot, a lot of stuff we're fighting for and the way that we're going about mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's an interesting times. And yeah. so I thought that this yeah. as, a, as a submission for a potential way forward and not to take ourselves too seriously was a really interesting concept. So the show mm-hmm. worked on like a lot of different levels for me. I was really, I was really intrigued by it. I love what you say about not taking it too seriously. Because I remember in the show, there was a specific um, part where she goes into, you know, she's published the first, I think, two or first, the first, the first issue of the, of the magazine. And of course, it makes this, you know, a little ripple and becomes a big splash. And she goes to university and specifically speaks to the young women who, who call themselves feminists at the university. And they are so very serious about the feminist movement and they take it so like they think it's the, and of course it's so important, but they think she's not gone far enough. Mm -hmm. She hasn't done enough to tend to these issues with women. She's, she's really betrayed the movement in a sense. And I think sometimes like you say, we're unable to get a message across because we're not actually reaching people because we're too hardcore we're taking it way too seriously and not reaching people you know right yeah having fights about how we're doing things as opposed to doing things and seeing what works you know and we're like my way is better your way is worse this is it you know entrenches this situation and this does that which has always struck me as sort of kind of a, a, a ridiculous argument in the sense of I feel as though, at least right now, contemporarily, I know there's been waves of feminism, you know, like everybody's Mm. been trying, but also sexism is not disconnected from every other ism, you know what I mean, including Mm. the destruction of our literal mother, the planet. And so sometimes I'm like, y'all, we are in a state of emergency, you know, (laughs) have been, you know, (laughs) like why? why are we talking about how we're doing things let's just be trying to do things for all of our well-being like if you don't want to do a thing some way don't do it go do it the way that you want to do it as long as it's not like you know harmful I absolutely agree it was like those self-serious women they were so and God bless them and we know them and we've been them yes we've been them a hundred percent I got it it works so it works so much because there was some form of recognition there, but the show also earned its ability to like poke at it a little bit and make yes. fun of it. And also ask us a real question, which is like, where is the joy in the movement? Where is the, mm-hmm. you know, in our liberation, where's the fun? Where's the comedy? Where's the laughter? Because I mean, if we snuff all that out in our goal to get whatever we're trying to get accomplished, is that the world you want to like I know we're not yeah. happy. like we're there's not no happy laughter in Utopia everybody just has like <laughs> <laughs> everyone has rights except the right to have fun yeah exactly <laughs> and that's why I, I love yeah. this show for that I really really enjoyed like how subversive it was how provocative it was but also how like funny it was yeah it was truly really yeah. funny yeah and 
Yeah, I suppose what made us most interested in having this discussion is that because of how, you know, they really put those penises in your face and there were many Mm -hmm. and they were often and the shock of it, right? Like you're having your individual experience of it and you're like, why is this so like (gasps) to me? Because I've been watching Game of Thrones. I've been watching like every Mm -hmm. mafia movie there is. I've seen all these things and it's like there are aspects of inequity here. In general, naked women have been on screen, they've been objectified and sexualized, primarily it's been objectification and sexualization. Men always Mm. have their chests out and, you know, they have breasts often, even when it's a joke, right? Even if you think of super bad and like the fat guy or whatever the story is, like Mm. you can look at a fleshy breast on a man and it's whatever, but on women's it's like, ooh la la. Um, You rarely even see what is, uh, you were, last time we had a conversation, y'all were laughing because I was calling it a functional breast I don't know that that's what <laughs> but I really mean a working breast, like breastfeeding. Why is that working not class un- breast? Like, why do you not see a full? My breast full- is on unemployment still. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Anyway, the point is that there's sort of this inherent misogyny in the way that women's bodies are depicted on screen, even in the way stories by men and women, by men about women, are told mm. historically, right? And so. We were talking about how it seems as though showing a penis, there's something about like men should not be depicted that way. Like Mm -hmm. that's too much. Right. But showing a woman's naked body. Nomsa was asking the question, does that mean that like women aren't human enough? Do do our bodies not have the same amount of sacredness or dignity? I guess the answer is no. You know, we really are just objects and our bodies don't really belong to us, which funny. We're having this discussion at the same time that all this Roe v. Wade drama is happening. Mm. so our bodies don't belong to Mm. us our sexuality doesn't belong to us our pleasure doesn't belong to us and even considering any of those as belonging to us is kind of taboo and almost too much to ask and then you have the same thing happening across the other way because men also seem to have the right to vulgarity Mm. about their bodies like they it's like if they decide that they're going to do a bunch of blowjob jokes and dick jokes on stage and be completely you know uh, about it and in your face about it it's kind of okay but oh uh, god forbid megan and cardi b you know have a song called like whack mm-hmm. and they're like very unapologetic <laughs> about it and dance in the way that they do so it's like all the wins like they get to have the 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 sacredness and no i you mustn't show my penis and i will talk about sex and be as crass about you and me as much as i want they seem to be able to do all the things and women seem to have these guardrails like all the sides basically a lack of choice yeah i mean one of the things i I loved in in minx that i mean they have that specific discussion about the way men are able to have certain discussions or view certain things. And if women do the same thing, it is so offensive. And how dare, how dare she? And also like, what a dirty mind she has. Um, <laughs> it is so, it was so strange. I mean, it's not strange. It's, it's complete. It's it makes bigger. complete sense. Yeah. And you know, you had those those DJs who were laughing about Minx and laughing about Joyce being the editor and, you know, making it interestingly, sexualizing the men on, on, on in Minx, who Minx on purpose, the, the magazine on purpose, Joyce does not sexualize them. The whole point is there's something about it where they find a way even with the, you know, she's she's working in a place where there's naked women all over because the main magazines that Doug publishes are porn and specifically women in porn. And they're walking around and it's, it's what I found was not very sexualized. It was just naked women. And she does something with Minx where she puts these men in the magazine and they've got these flaccid penises. You kind of, you just you kind of see them as a work of it's a it's a work of art i mean the the second issue with the david it's a work of art and there's something specific that she's trying to say but when the men are talking about it they are mm. making it as they speak about it as if she's what they're actually doing is sexualizing the men because the way they view it is they're viewing it, viewing it from their own lens of when they have mm-hmm. naked women on covers or in the, mm-hmm. you know, the centerfold, they sexualize women. 
Mm-hmm. So of course that's what she has to be doing. What else could she possibly do it, be doing? Because that's mm-hmm. what we men do. It's I I found it quite you know to be quite an interesting discussion. Um, and of course the patriarchal aspects of women should never um, even dare to to do something as vulgar as look at naked men. It goes against all of our morality mm-hmm. that they could possibly be naked men, and it's the worst thing that could ever happen. But when it's women, it's like cool, whatever, because women are disposable. Which is very confusing if you're the woman in the equation, because also the men are like, I want you to get naked with me and want my nakedness, you know, when we're in private. But I don't want to know that you want any male nakedness. (laughs) Thank you for this great puzzle. (laughs) What a fun existence. Absolutely. Like I think what you're, what what you all are talking about, I'm sorry, my mind isn't drifting, but it is reminding me of this one time I watched this movie um, that was directed by a gay man. And it was the first time I'd seen a man's body and he wasn't even naked. You couldn't see his penis, but I blushed because I was like, this is what the gaze looks like when it's desiring a male figure. It was so intimate and like there was a sense of vulnerability about it. There was a sense of approachability. Like there was just a lens that I had never seen before because I don't think we're allowed it sometimes either mm. from a man or maybe women don't use it, but I had never been so openly like seeing like the desire of a male body as when I saw this movie. And I was so excited by Nynx too, because I mean, to your point, Portia, where it's like, there's like this mystery behind the penis. Like you hide it from us for so long. It's like, does it exist? Is it myth? Is it Shortinger's penis? Like, why are they so like, gone from film? They're like absent. Like yeah. no male is expected to like get his kid off or like nobody's expected to use their real penis when they do. It's just so taboo. And why not? It's, and it's weird that they're not willing to share that with us. Like that vulnerability, that intimacy, that private nature of theirs they're allowed to keep it in this way that women are expected to kind of shed as soon as they walk into a on a stage or in a room or like in this place there's this cloistering of male bodies that I I don't know that I have really coherent thoughts about it but I struggle Mm. with it or I'm starting to recognize it more or think it's weird and I something like Minx kind of invites the conversation and like opens that door to be like hey wait a minute what's going on like to your point and so like they're having discussions in the room about like what is sexual what is not sexual who is allowed who's not allowed what's provocative what's not provocative and I find the tension like compelling tv <laughs> if nothing else like yeah yeah. yeah. Let's talk about who's allowed to see penises are men allowed to share their penises and one thing that I found I really struggled with though also is the fact that like they weren't, I don't, I think they were using prosthetics for some of the actors and that kind Mm -hmm. of was a little disappointing for me because women are expected to use their real bodies and whatever is real on them. I mean, maybe there's body doubles, maybe there's other things that are going on, but for the most part, I'm assuming a lot of women are, are, are just fully nude and they're not hiding behind anything in those scenes. Whereas like some of these men as Mark Wahlberg and I, and Mark Wahlberg's role in, um, that, that one movie, I'm sorry, makes sense because I think he was portraying a real man who had an extremely large penis, which I'm not sure Mark Wahlberg, you know, I, I don't know Mark Wahlberg's situation. <laughs> but like in cases like that, that makes sense. But like yeah. in other things where this show is just about penises, I wish they gave us more variety because I think, yes, women are watching this, but men are also watching it. And they are, mm. I'm assuming just like us, where they're looking for signals that their bodies are okay and worth love and worth, you know, seeing. And mm. so it's like, if you just show these, like overly large penises all the time of like mm-hmm. this is what it's like to be a man all your bodies are super beautiful and they deserve to kind of be recognized in that way sorry Portia what you're gonna say no 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 I like I agree and it was odd because I sort of expected the variety to continue because in the first episode Same. where they open there's this montage where I believe all those penises were real yes. you know what I mean and they were, they yes. were a great yeah. diversity of penis <laughs> No, absolutely not. And so I expected it to continue, but it reminds me of what Nomsa and I, so Nomsa and I have done a couple of episodes on sort of reality television where there's this promise of diversity that can't actually exist because at Mm. the end of the day, what we need are hot, cis, white, male and female people on the screen because that's what people will watch and buy and stick with a specific body type and a specific look and a specific vibe. Yeah, it's when they tell you like, yeah plus size and then it's just literally a very medium woman you know and you're 
Okay, this cool. is breaking my heart and also making me realize I was watching a, a, a TV show the other day and I was seeing so many like people of color all of a sudden in like this, I think it was taking place in Dublin. I'm not going to name the show, but like all of a sudden there's like all these, like an explosion of people of color in, this, in a city that like is diversifying, but it's probably still predominantly white, but they were all set dressing. They were all like somebody's best yes. friend, somebody's passing acquaintance, the barista. And it was just set dressing. Oh, was this conversation with friends? I'm not going to say so, but it was still like, but let's still focus on the male and the female who are white people, because that is the most. That's the story. That's the story we're actually here to tell, you know? Um, Yeah. And that's, and and I think it is story. That's fine. I'm not judging. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing something very specific, but it just, the window dressing was just a little upsetting. Yeah. I think you've, that's actually quite a good point, specifically with um, with what they were, what I felt they were trying to do with well, what Joyce was trying to do with Minx, in that you know there's this less objectification and more of a storytelling, even with these covers and these centerfolds. So mm-hmm. it was interesting that they only then showed the three the three issues you see are very large penises and. It is strange if that's not the point, that that's then what you'll show. But I guess, again, they want to be selling magazines at the end Mm. of the day. It's a business and and it, in a sense, must be tantalizing and I guess a bit sensational. But I think there's an opportunity in the the upcoming episodes, hopefully, to say like, because I think there is a large assumption there that large penises are the most desirable penises, but it's like, absolutely. Who, it's a large assumption. Who says that that has to be true. And I think that we can show what we value by valuing it. So if there mm. is a very attractive so person true. who you want to tell a story with and has a small penis, but that is also desirable, put them on the centerfold, like style them, dress it up, like enshrine it, put some lighting, some mood music. <laughs> and like, yeah, okay, this, yeah. Is yeah. Also, this is good too. And it's like what you said, because yeah. um, I mean, this has been in the discussions, like when we were preparing for this, you sent us that article, which is like 15 men who've gone full nude and like didn't make it a big deal. And um, you also had told me about how Jessica Chastain was saying that if if she's going to be naked, her male counterpart has to be naked as well. And we were mm-hmm. asking the question, is that what equality is, that everybody is naked or is a better question like what is the intention behind the nudity because mm-hmm. a lot of the times when when the stuff about nudity comes up in, in different movies and tv shows people are like oh yeah it was necessary you know for the scene we needed it to be like mm. more natural yada 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 and I think one of the scenes that was very impactful very aggressive and and not fun to watch at all in a way um which speaks to what you're talking about about at the end of the day, you're trying to sell magazines, you need it to be sensational, was the one where, um, which is sort of a central plot point that pits Mm -hmm. Joyce, the editor of the magazine and her publisher against the other, is he gets really into the capitalist side of the magazine once it starts working and wants a celebrity to be the next person in the magazine. And this celebrity happens to be literally the epitome of everything that Joyce is trying to avoid (laughs) in her life and destroy in the world. And in his photo shoot, you get to see, because you've been watching them work with the porn stars, like um, her name isn't Candy. I keep wanting to call her Candy. Bambi. Bambi, who is a brilliant character. I love her. And you've watched them sort of go on this creative journey to make this specific kind of magazine and treat, as you were saying, Nomsa, the subjects who are nude in the magazine with a different kind of approach, really, like literally a different intention for why they are naked in this magazine. And you see this other like celebrity misogynistic character come into the picture, take us to into straight into the energy of what the exploitative kind of porn is exactly. and what you know big dick energy at its worst is at <laughs> its worst. I mean? and he he is like here is my fully erect penis he wants um six women behind him like bouncing up and down you know to make it, and it's like, their boobs. the whole thing is so aggressive and wrong you know and and yeah. it's 
interesting because it comes at a point in the season when you have also gone on the journey and you're on this mm. sort of like somewhat whimsical mission to do this thing because you're like actually yes like why shouldn't you like it's one thing if you can't because there's no money or whatever but the idea that you just shouldn't be able to have a port let alone let aside all the moralizing about it right like nudity mm. sex is bad whatever the, those like puritanical stories are why shouldn't she get to make this main magazine she does this you know and you're like yes go for it like do it every reason people are giving is nonsense like doesn't make any sense and then it happens which is like ah this is the bs that makes it so hard to do anything you know in the world because this is the dark shadowy male like you know dark sex you know energy that is like no this is what makes it all like unenjoyable and unproductive and just ugly I guess at the end of the day and it's what they thought she was doing and yeah. it's it's like this it's a complete you can see the complete misinterpretation of the points of the magazine he has no clue what what this is about he just wants to show America that he's got this you know big big penis and that he can hang yeah. with these beautiful women and you know this is his next frontier oh, he's not he and and really this is what these men that were talking about it at the radio station thought she was mm-hmm. doing you can really see that this is the opposite of what she was doing yeah um, yeah and, and, and even those yeah. men at the radio station and and that same guy and even the publisher right he does porn that's what he mainly does it's sad to really actually consider that there is an entire industry industries that are mm. whose foundation is reducing women to, to nothing to objects in in many you know shapes kinds and and, and forms and just completely denying them their power like those djs shock jocks as they still exist today whose whole bit is just making ugly sex jokes and jokes about women and women who aren't worthy of time and attention and women who have behaved so badly we get to dehumanize them completely that is that there's money for that there's an audience for that there's people who feed on that and like get their life which is very upsetting and I, you know, I hate that we've t- gone out of the energy of like what Mix actually is, which is kind of a really funny show. But before we leave this zone, I'm curious, Betty, what you think, because I had a very interesting conversation with Nomsa where I was talking about, again, how the lens just shifts and it's it's kind of arbitrary um, moving from like sexualization to objectification, because mm-hmm. I was saying how you'll look at any National Geographic magazine or even like watch some news about some indigenous tribe and they'll always be topless and have their breasts out. And somehow you can sit in a magazine, right? In in an airport and like be reading that magazine. And I'm talking about the internal experience. Like I even have it, you know what I mean? How like I can look at that and be like, this is neutral, this is fine or whatever the story is. And then there'll be like this other titillating version. And Nomsa you were saying the reason folks can look at that, at least Western folks, is because they're not fully human. Like in that instance, wow. we're not human. They're looking at, you know, it's almost like you're just part of the land. You know, they're not really seeing full human beings in that moment. And I'm curious what you think about that. Whoa. So there's, you guys have touched on so many things. So it's, I'm like, Whoa, where to wade in on this? Um, but what you just said right now reminded me that I think in Australia, uh, indigenous people were like flora or fa- fauna until yeah. like the sixties or something categorized as such. And like, it's, it was, it's who's human and who's not human is a big thing. So like the whole human thing. And I, I, I honestly don't know enough to touch on that topic. I don't know if people are looking at it. And then you also said something really interesting about the sexualization aspect and objectification and like what is porn and what is not like there's I feel like there's probably experts who have thesis and like extensive documents I feel like I couldn't I I'm I feel woefully unprepared to like stake a claim in any of that also I am 
I am dogmatically fluid. I personally yeah, yeah. am not, I, I'm not committed to any opinion for the rest of my life. So I feel like I'll say something now and then somebody will be like, hey, here's some new evidence or here's whatever is going on. My situation is every Well, yeah, because it involves, I mean, I asked the question because I don't know. I don't know that that's absolutely, oh, yeah, yeah, no. absolutely the case. But as a perspective, it makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, but like, one thing I, yeah, one thing I did want to advocate for, though, is like, I think by asking or by by moving the frame around the lens around the conversation around the way that Minx does, um, where we are looking at men in this new way, um, I think, yes, we're like questioning our relationship to male nudity and, and male bodies and all that stuff. But also, I think what you're talking about, what you're doing is like talking about the relationship to women's bodies. So like, is porn always objectification? And mm. where's the autonomy in it? And where is the woman's choice and right? And like, how was she positioned in the power? Like, and I'm not saying this porn industry or the whatever industry is right. good and is great in this aspect, but I think it just starts to dig up all of these questions around who's looking, how are they profiting? Who's, mm. you know, who gets to, who has power in different rooms and different spaces? How do they use it? Because I think the conversation gets really interesting because nudity is, you know, maybe it's, you know, uh, scintillating, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's mundane, maybe there's a whole bunch of things, we're always going to explore it and be curious about it, I think, as humans. And so like, I think what we're talking about right now is super interesting. And I'm sorry, Portia, I don't have an answer. But I know that the questions are so good. I mean, I think they always say that questions are more generative than, than answers. Because when you get an answer, you stop questions are the portals to everything you know questions so Loki are quietly devastating have you ever <laughs> you have you ever like argued with someone and you guys are so entrenched in what you have but then you ask a clever question <gasps> and, then every, and then the yes the air Ooh, gets still the air you. gets still because you're like well that's a it, good question. Okay, yes. dismantles everything. A quietly devastating question is worth a million arguments. Quote me on that. I'm not dogmatically yeah. about Especially that. when somebody asks, why do you feel you can't X or you can X? And then you're like, well, you know, I'm going to have to take that to my therapist. <laughs> um, but-, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, get- I'm getting off the topic. No, no, but, no, no yeah, but, I, but you're so yeah. you're so on topic because again, I, as I said, I was asking that because I think there's any straight yeah. answers. And mm-hmm. what you were saying before, bringing it back to sort of what are you, you we started out sort of with a disappointment that the penises <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> that the body diversity that the penis yeah. diversity didn't continue throughout the show, um, and that we ended up sort of at the ideal you know mm-hmm. bodies of society anyway and the we wanted to also discuss like body and sex positivity which is a relatively contemporary m- movement I put that in quotation marks and but also to talk about the real societal benefit of that because as you were saying we men are also watching this show and we live in a world mm-hmm. where we are very disconnected from our bodies we have mm-hmm. shame about it it's a taboo I mean I brought up for the purposes of like, what is objectification and sexualization and was talking about these basically nude, you know, photos you often see of indigenous people in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. But, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to superimpose on them that they are body positive, (laughs) (laughs) whatever that means in our Instagram, you know, like a liberal side of the internet. But it's a good side of the internet. But but I do believe that there's a, (laughs) that most they're not as disconnected from their bodies as we who were colonized are. I mean, the taboo Mm. of the body is from all of that. It's from colonization. It's from sweeping across the world with this broad brush of what purity is and what bodies are for and what gender is and what sexuality should be. Not how it's experienced. That's a tough one. I'm not super well-versed in like pre-colonial cultures though. So I don't know. No, I'm talking about the consequences. No, we're not well-versed. I'm saying what I know is where Western, which is how most of us in the globalized world live now, vibes about gender and taboo and and dress and marriage and sex and all that sort of stuff that comes like whatever is about the body. We all have kind of the same ideal, especially if you are a former colony. (laughs) It just is what Mm. it is. You know what I mean? And so- 
the prevailing mm. thought when it comes to sexual desire and one's body and our bodily functions. Many people, gynecologists will tell you this, everybody comes in and they ask, am I normal? Mm. Normal. Mm. So it would actually be of great benefit to see this diversity of bodies that we're talking about so people can know they're not alone. It's clear, it's obvious, right? But we live in a culture and a society that wants to homogenize and reduce everything to these binaries, to what is right, what is normal, what is good, even though it's obvious that in the world, in plant life, in animal life, in and we are mammals, that there has never been anything but diversity. Yeah. So, can I, yeah, can I, can I jump in? I want to make a plug for, because based on what you're saying, Portia, right now, for a brilliant uh, TV show out in the UK called Naked Attraction. And I think it is the most wholesome thing you've ever seen. I mean, I comfort levels watching with your parents or your kids is subject for individual taste. However, like <laughs> it is people who date based on like looking at your body and Naked attraction. I, yeah, I haven't watched enough to see if like they end up, <laughs> um, you know, t- floating towards that ideal and, and constantly picking something. I'm not sure how much diversity uh, gets selected in the end and kind of like, you know, who quote unquote wins. However, just the it's 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 sexual, but it's not sexual. I don't even know how to describe it, but basically they show you the lower like half and then they show you like the upper half and they show you your face. But the person's constantly like they're talking about the bodies and the labia and the penises and the knees and all the feet. Like it's just it's bodies and they normalize it and they show so many different kinds. I find it so empowering and rewarding i'm looking and i'm seeing breasts that have mastectomies or parents Mm. or older bodies and it's just it's like oh all of this is okay and it's here on tv and it's like it's fine these people aren't dying of shame they're not super upset they're not even shy about it and at the end by the way the person who's making the selection gets naked too so it's like they're not just objectifying the people they're also entering into the space of vulnerability of showing their bodies and i just i'm like between minx and naked attraction i'm like hopeful about humanity i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) i I've actually, I think, seen clips of it, but obviously the clips I've seen are um, blurred. Blurred. So. No. Are they? Yeah. 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 Because we're not in the UK. We're not in the UK, so we can only get the 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 blurred the blurred vision the yeah blurred visions. But um, the one thing I actually did want to speak about also you were speaking about um shame Portia is. You know, as I mentioned in the beginning, I was raised, you know, in a sort of conservative Christian sort of upbringing, not, you know, evangelical. So not yeah. like crazy, let me not call it crazy, but not evangelical. <laughs> not too intense. Not like. Not too intense. Not My mom's like, not yeah. intense um, yeah, yeah. and she's not dogmatic. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, we we're going to church and all of that. And there is a very specific teaching, you know, there's purity culture in Christianity, which does a lot of what you're talking about. And especially when we talk about colonization, where you have these Western countries who came with the Bible and were teaching everybody shame, essentially, Mm. and how um, we should feel shame about our bodies and teaching the story of Adam in even a very specific way about Mm. them having to be clothed. And anyway, just there's a lot, I think, in the purity culture that is, you know, drives misogyny, drives the patriarchal view and all of this and all the stuff that we see on television, the way we view women and men. Purity culture teaches women that we are shameful. We should cover up. We should be chaste. We should remain virgins. We should do all of that. And a lot of burden is placed on women to make sure men um, don't, you know, that, yeah, that they behave um, and to make sure that we behave. If, if we, if a woman has sex outside of marriage, she's um, a slut or she is the, the flower that she can never, you know, that broken 
Yeah, with the this, petals, this you can't flower, ever. You can never bloom again. <laughs> you can never bloom again. Is that a Jane the Virgin reference? That's Jane the Virgin. Yeah, yeah. No, but I had no, but I had a class in high school. The lady came and she was like, "Who watches not Days of Our Lives? What was the other show? Bold and the Beautiful. Bold and the Beautiful. Do you know Brooke? So apparently, she's like the the very promiscuous woman of the show, and she was she's like the Brooke, minx. Brooke was with with Rick, so she rips the paper in half. And then she with was Ridge. with so-and-so. Ridge, yeah, Ridge. Ridge was she, her son. So she <laughs> continues to, to rip the paper mm. uh, according to how many partners and was like, look what's left of Brooke. No. Like, I mm-hmm. kid you not, this is the stuff they were mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they don't teach men in the same way. Nothing. And and I think every it's it's so, there's a, a specific degrading of women in in the mm-hmm. in that sort of teaching and i'm not saying they should be doing it to to men i'm saying they shouldn't be doing it to women at, at all. all yeah but there is a specific thing that about we, you know that about women's bodies and about our specific we you know the idea even of women being naked in a sexual way is completely frowned upon and yeah. yet the men are uplifted and yeah. don't need, we can't even think about, I've, I've never even and had the thought of men naked. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not even men, a thing. There's so many contradictory messages and so much. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, I think I grew up in a Christian household too, but I can't imagine. I think all the Abrahamic religions are pretty <laughs> hardcore yes, about, yes, you yes. know, uh, uh, marshalling sort of uh, women's behavior and, and to, your point maybe also western cultures but like since we're going down this road i'm gonna keep driving the car um down this road but like i think the damage that a lot of that like in in really intense puritanical talk and teachings does is like it completely ignores just genuine desire and curiosity and like if you leave that like because because the person will know that that exists so they'll start to search out other means for it and I think it breaks my heart I'm so glad I came of age before internet porn was so easily Mm. accessible because I Mm, my fear is a lot of young people now are finding out the information that they want through porn and like very degrading and demoralizing porn there's probably beautiful porn out Mm. there but I think the majority Mm. of what they're finding and surfacing is like really damaging and then they're kind of Mm-hmm. replicate it and like try to like you know kind of match it with each other and not even exploring their actual like yeah. really sweet curiosity they're really in like beautiful desires they're kind of mm-hmm. like joy and the and the intimacy that they could be like trying to figure out with another person or even with themselves like nobody's shepherding that it's just if we're talking about it we're making you feel like shit or if you want to yeah. have it like this is the way that you do it in a way that makes you feel like you're not even there you're human and it's just yeah. like oh my god Wow, where is the really mm-hmm. gentle messaging of like, hey we know that you are like curious about this stuff and like that's okay like everybody is and, and this like, is gotta, yeah. this is such a good segue because under this banner this segment where we wanted to discuss uh the importance of sex positivity and body positivity and just mm. any kind of somatic practice anything that's getting you in touch with your body is a tv show like sex education it's literally called oh. sex education <laughs> And that gave me the when when I was watching Minx, not because of the nudity, but because of the the tone of the show. Actually, mm. it was matching um, for me. It's completely different because Minx is feminism, and sex education is like about young people and sexuality and that stage of life. And it it has like a it it, it has an effervescence to it. You know what I mean? And like mm. you. The acting is 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 amazing. You know what I mean? And the adults, the adults relationship to the children's like it is healing. Like, you know what you were saying earlier? <laughs> like you're just like, oh my God, thank you. That like you because the danger, as you're saying, like not even necessarily with the porn, I think even if you came of age, and I also I have the exact same thought all the time, being so grateful I came of age. It because even now I don't really access it at all. And the idea that there are people who like get their education from that is kind of scary, but anything that you have to sort of do secretly and by yourself and not get any positive peer based information, you know, about it. And it's all just clandestine. It is what makes it hard for some people. Most of us survive it. I think a lot of us survive it, but um, I mean, barely, but you know, yeah. still kicking. <laughs> yeah, just barely. But I think that's a very good point that you both are making in that what is that when you, when you, when things are then done in the dark, it yes. makes what we find out in the dark 
darkens what we find out in a yeah. sense. So yeah. if we're finding out mm. about sex or, you know, whatever in the dark, it darkens what sex is. Yeah. And also just the what our view of our own bodies is, yeah. what our view of the opposite sex body is. And yeah. I think it is so awesome. What I think is so important is for us to be able to just see male and female anatomy as male and female anatomy anatomy yeah. without it having to be connected to sex at all yeah and then of course being able to see it as connected to sex and in a healthy way mm-hmm. and I, I think you know even being able to depict women of different sizes of different shapes with different boobs with different yeah. labia with different every everything that like is human because we are as yeah. human is so important and i think the yeah. same thing with men to normalize being able to see a naked man on screen and not as a sex object yeah and to normalize being able to see a naked woman on screen and not as and a, not sex, as a object. sex object if we have to have nudity i think then it's important that we that we deobjectify really subjectify people yeah, and yeah. normalize, you know, yeah. what we're looking at so that it's Absolutely. not so taboo. So it's not so dark. And we're, you know, there's a freedom in actually, you know, learning these things. And it's not this horrible, shameful thing. It's just yeah. a normal thing. I, I just want to give a shout out to my chaotic king, Tom Hardy, because I feel like <laughs> he gives such, yeah. I don't give a shit about anybody seeing my penis energy. It is yeah. like, is maybe he asked the question is this necessary but he also but the thing about it is he makes it so I almost forget when he's naked because he's just when I piss I'm gonna be naked you know like when I'm fucking or I'm sleeping or whatever I'm just like nudity happens in my life so it happens in my character's life and I'm just like (laughs) it's so chaotic and I'm like maybe the opposite should it be should it not be all these questions that we're all being tormented by it's like just get big Tom Hardy energy where it's like I don't know Whatever you feel like. Whatever you want to do. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. Like if not. Yeah. But I have to it's say. It's completely but, normal. So many bars, Nomsa. Like what you're saying is basically yeah, everything. Bars. And a good summation of, yes, correct. You know, as you know, <laughs> Betty Betty was saying like, I'm dogmatically fluid. I'm not attached to any opinion. I'm attached to that opinion that you just had. <laughs> I don't want it to change. I think it is correct. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> subscribe. I'm a subscriber to that of, of philosophy for now, for now. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't be committed to anything. Because it's true. It, yeah. yeah. But even what you were saying, Betty, because you're like, why do I think naked attraction is so wholesome? And then you went into it and you were talking, it's about the normalization mm-hmm. of the yeah. human experience. And one quote that I always think about and keep that helps me not be judgmental, to be honest, and remember that I'm like sharing this planet with a whole billions of people is um, it's Maya Angelou. I had Maya Angelou say it, but I think she was quoting somebody else say nothing that is human can be foreign to me. That which is human is Mm. not foreign to me. Right. So even if you don't experience it, it's human. Like, you know, we're the same, like it's all the same. And something else that is a very important philosophical that was a very important like even feminist uh philosophical understanding and breakthrough of mine and was also super entrenched after reading um uh Ta-Nehisi Coates that book Between the World and Me uh, so he does it from like a racial male point of uh, uh, you know a black male point of view and I think of it just from a female point of view not even from a black female point of view but obviously that's relevant but the body is the site of everything that happens yeah. for everybody. Mm. The body is so incredibly important and it's what informs you of everything. Like you don't have feelings, you don't have thoughts, you don't have ideas, you don't experience abuse or emotions outside of your body. And from a feminist point of view, which is what like Minx is about, until I genuinely do not think that we will be even close to having what real and true female empowerment would be. Empowerment, I even think is the wrong word, but actually I'm going to say sovereignty Mm. would be. Sovereignty. That's what we don't have, right? Because Mm -hmm. until it it, it isn't even an, an iota of an inkling of an idea that a woman's body doesn't belong to her and her alone Mm -hmm. that any idea of it any thought of it positive or negative isn't for just 
her to decide, her to describe her, you know, everything we talked about, like women's pain not being believed. You know what I mean? Like the Mm. the medical oppression that we experience, the fact that it's even a public discussion about whether or not she should decide to have a child or not. You know what I mean? Like the sexualization, all the exploitation we experience, that human trafficking is a real thing. Like until we let, and I'm talking about it from a female lens, but I mean it across the board, including all human beings, like people's bodies have to belong to them and it has to be complete anathema. And just like you couldn't even imagine violating another person's body because Yours is yours as well. You know what I mean? So you can't do violence. You know what I mean? To somebody else in the same way. But we truly believe that we can infiltrate, that people are not sovereign, you know, in that way. So anyway, just back to uh, that. It really it had it really coalesced a lot of things. I was like, I'm here. I'm in this time and space. I'm going to say these words. I'm going to be in these fights because you have to pick an area. There's also things I'm divesting from, like these hills I'm not willing to die on. You won't catch me mm-hmm. talking about dreadlocks on white people or like <laughs> that much. Like it's just it's too much of a waste of time. But bodily autonomy, our sovereignty, like getting that ideologically locked in to the human psyche that people's bodies belong to themselves and you're not to have thoughts and opinions about them outside of what that person tells you. You know, I think that's like the, a huge frontier, you know, I'll I'll leave you, I'll leave you that terrain, but here's the, I'm going to come at it from a little bit of an angle. I'm I'm not, I'm not climbing up your specific hill, but I see your hill from my hill. And what I, what I want is I, what I, what I started thinking about when y'all were talking about this and yes, Nansa, I give you all the snaps too. Um, but like, it was, I, cause I experienced this, I'll be honest, let's do some vulnerability here. Like we, because we're told so much about what the sexual experience should be for us. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm one of those women who like astral projects out of her body during sex and like watches herself and like, am I doing the right things? Is this like how my body should move? Is this you're like, we're not even in our bodies when we're experiencing this mm-hmm. like intimate sexual act. It's crazy. About. We are so we're we're policed and we're toned and we're doing so much is done to us psychologically that we can't even be in our bodies for this like incredible experience, which I felt I, I, I'm still sad and ashamed about. And I watch stuff like sex education being like, I wish I had this. So like, yes, I'm happy. I don't have the porn that these kids have, but I'm also like really jealous of some of the tools that they have and some of the language that they have around like sex education is something that is healing just like Heartstopper, which I know this isn't about, but there's some <laughs> things that are, I wish there was like a curated list of things where I'd like this teen content is like approved and the rest of it is trash. <laughs> Oh my God. Agreed. I agree. I, for some reason, I feel qualified to do that. I I feel very much like I can tell you. But you know, it's so funny because I feel like we're always raising ourselves with the next generation. Well, I I think I'm not a mother, so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just thinking like, we're always trying to save the next generation. Like I'm going to save you from these things that harm me, but they don't have those issues because they're not you. (laughs) So I feel like. And I even in your time, and you let me tell you how to live your life according to what I had experienced. What? <laughs> what are you like I don't I don't have that issue. What are you why are you harassing me, strange lady who's being like, watch sex education? I don't feel you. And they're gonna be like, nobody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. My brother yeah. always talks about how my dad took him to like the village, like where we grew up one time. He's like, You've gotta know where you come from. And my brother's like, Yeah, but I come from Kampala, like from the city. I don't I don't come from here. Like I don't oh my god that's so funny no your hill and my yeah. hill are connected by a bridge um a mm. hundred but like yeah it's just it's so important that we normalize bodies women back into their give, exactly and we give mm. each other permission to to be the authorities over mm. what we feel and know to be true because everybody just experiences all of life in their one body and you have if you do the, not feeling like it belongs to you, I think is what like F's everything up basically. Mm. I mean, to summarize, um, Uhuru is, Uhuru is um, freedom. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, we have a saying, I guess in Africa, but a lot in South Africa. Um, And I guess to say like, 
until we can all own our bodies, mm-hmm. really own them yes. for ourselves. Not yet, uhuru. Yeah. And <laughs> I, <laughs> it's not yet uhuru. So on on oh, that, Betty, Betty has one more. Oh thing no, I was going to say this is this is not super. Like you guys both had the quotes, and I feel left out. Uh, so <laughs> here comes mine. Yeah, and it's. It's by an indigenous activist and I really need to look up her name. I think it's Lila Watson, but she just says like, you know, if you've come here to save me, then you're wasting your time. But if you've come because your liberation is bound in mind, then let's work together. But Mm. everything that you're saying kind of like that reminds me of it too. Like we do want to liberate women, but men, like we all, if we can all that human thing of like, let's free each other from all of this shit and put each other in our own bodies to your point. Let's really meet each other. Exactly. Like what you're saying, because every human being is like, and I know what I sound like, but lately I've been telling them that I'm leaning into like all of who I am. People can call me Pollyanna, call me naive, call me optimistic, but every individual is extremely magnificent. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And we don't give enough space for the, whatever that beautiful individual spirit that you are to exist we have too much in the way and we're invested in it for our own safety. And it's like, bitches, we in charge. Let's just all be safe. <laughs> Nobody yes. Nobody yes. Like, okay, I'm prescribing It's about damn time. <laughs> it's about it's so time. true. I, 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 look at the, I look at the miracle of humanity and I'm just yeah. like, how are we not constantly impressed? Like, yeah. I just, the miracle of our existence is just spectacular. And the fact that we no. take it for granted. I always, I tell my best friend this time, this all the time. I'm like, why does everybody act like we've been here before? You just yeah. showed up. I just showed up. Like, how are we not bugging out? Like, this is what life is. Oh my no. God. What? It's so wild. And even when you go outside, like these days, I'm like, I told my brothers, they think I'm crazy, but I'm like, guys, have you looked at a flower? Like actually Bro. looked at it. Like Bro. how? Why? When? It's crazy. Like it's, it's, it's live oh art. In the when okay, this is becoming a very different podcast. But yes, really yes. Okay, one, one thing, edit this out. But like, no, Portia, I swear we are on the same vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was telling, who was I telling? I think I was telling my parents when I was like, all these rich people are trying to go to space. I said, have space, fam. I'm keeping Earth. The diversity that exists here alone, get out of here. A penguin and a flamingo and a freaking a out on the same Have you species. At a platypus? What? What is that? <laughs> what is this? What is These are birds. These are a hummingbird and a penguin on the same. Like, I can't. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> no, but this we share funny. like 98% of the same DNA with cows. I mean, nobody is taking enough time to talk about this. Nobody. You don't even Relevant have to talk about updates. this. You can just be awed by it. Like, that's the thing. Relevant updates. <laughs> I'm telling you, fam. <laughs> exactly. Vibes. Vibes. Oh my God, so many vibes. Wow, okay. wow, Betty, wow. we do have um, to wrap this up. To just quickly wrap with yeah. a quick flame. Yeah, we got to do the quick flame for Bed Bed. Okay. Um, also, low key, you're now fully under consideration for like third co host of. <laughs> Truly. I'm back whenever you want me. We'll be bringing Truly. you back. Okay. So let's, let's move on to a quick flame game. Mm. Um, this is uh, our version of a what rapid is it fire. Rapid fire. Like where you just ask people quick called. questions to answer. Yes. Yeah. Um, but before we get there, just can you just tell us, Betty, about yourself a bit, like your age, what you do, where you're from? Okay. I am 38 years old and I'm, well, you know what? Let me not <laughs> hype it up because then it makes me seem like I'm actually like... <laughs> <laughs> cut this down because I feel like every time I'm like I'm 38 and I'm loving it it sounds like actually you're not loving it so I'm <laughs> let's start from here it sounds like I'm defensive for no reason so yes. I'm <laughs> I'm 38 uh I'm a project manager and where am I from I was born in the Bay Area but my parents are Kenyan but also I don't use my full name because my parents will be very sad that I say peanut so much <laughs> Actually, no. You know what? Stop the penis stigmatization and shame. Yeah. No, we have to. If not us, then who? Yeah, if, not, if not now, then when? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that's our first quick flame question is, are you where you thought you'd be at this stage in your life? 
If not, where did you think you'd be? That is such a good question. I mean, it dep- if you asked me at so many different points, I would have told you so many different things. I mean, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be so many different things. I think I, I was telling you all before this started, I really thought I was going to be like this novel, this very clean narrative arc. I did these things and I ended up here. And I am starting to just lean into the fact that I think I'm a series of short stories. I am just a whole bunch of beginnings, a whole bunch of middles and a whole bunch of ends. And I'm just going to keep oh showing up for them and someone else is meant to write the theme or whatever connects yeah 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 someone later you know when they excavate your story and they do a biopic they're like i long forgot that's actually low-key my dream i hope what i like live my life and a hundred years later they're like we need a statue of portia for like whatever (laughs) yeah Okay. And they'll write, they'll write the bio- oh. biography. They'll figure it out. Somebody, yeah. that's somebody else I hope I become an icon in a way that I never expected. Kind of like Ooh. most of the icons we have now. You know, when you just like live yeah. your life and then you become yeah. like a meme. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay even just featuring a um, Biddy. story. But go ahead. <laughs> um, what's your favorite TV show and why is it Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> it is okay. I knew this one was coming. It is not Grey's Anatomy. Honestly, I want to hate Shonda for the pain she has caused me. Is, is what I want. Because how do you create a character like Sandra O oh, and then you're responsible for all the other mm. trash? Like I yeah. don't understand. Make it make sense. Like you gave me who I I I am obsessed with Christina O. Oh. Yeah, Christina, Christina Yang. Christina Yang, sorry, Christina Yang, Sandra. Oh, I'm obsessed with Christina Yang. She was everything I never knew I wanted in uh, somebody on screen, just like a woman who valued ambition. Like she was just straight up ambitious. And I mm-hmm. hadn't seen that before. And uh, I was so excited, but then she muddied it all up with shenanigans. And I was just like, what? <laughs> it's not, it's not great. That that's is. fair. That's fair. So Do you have a favorite TV show? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, ooh, I'm not, I'm not committed to anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that would, would you be able to answer that? No, I also wouldn't. We might have to, what is your favorite TV show right now? We might have to adjust ooh. this quick question. Yeah. Well, I, have right. I mean, no. I was telling, I, I'm trying to think of the things that I liked end up spamming people about being like, oh my gosh, you need to watch this. And I feel like Minx was one I like, I, I wanted to tell my brother because we share a lot of similar TV tastes, but, um, I no. was like, is this weird? Cause I'm going to be like, and that's another thing is like masculinity is interesting. So I messaged my mm-hmm. sister-in-law and I was like, watch it, make him watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the games so we people can, play. So we can chat. Yeah. yeah. How okay. would you describe the difference between summertime you and wintertime you? Ooh, I don't know that they are super, they were super different before, but I want them to be different now because I just moved to like, I'm from California and I mean, our variety of weather is, mm, <laughs> I mean, but like now I'm in a place where the actual seasons change and I want to change with them because I think it's acknowledging this rhythm and cycles Mm, of the earth mm, and not to mm. get too woo woo but like I want to do rituals around that like I want to you know take out winter clothes and I want to like decorate in a way that like acknowledges the seasonal Mm, change and mm -hmm. like like bring out the furs and like kind of do things that say hey this is a new time and this is when the earth kind of does a new thing and then when it comes to summer like hot girls summer booty shorts short dresses like just you know do 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 your thing yes oh pack everything away let the let the sun out let the guns out I mean Mm -hmm. the buns out the buns obviously the buns the buns (gasps) buns out buns out I love that (laughs) um in sync or backstreet boys and why oh why would you do this um (laughs) you gotta choose that is hard Oh, I kind of want to be those people who like comes up with a third option that's even better, but I'm just not that quick. Fine, you know what? In sync. All right. Yes. Yes. Because there was more. There were more members that I like. Yeah. More jazzed about with In Sync, even though Black Boy, Black Backstreet Boys had some hits. Yeah. 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 Not gonna lie. In Sync though, I'll give it to them. JC Chazé. I actually. He's my favorite. He was my favorite. I think J.C. Chazé was a default because people thought everybody liked Justin anyways. Yeah. They're like, I'm going for J.C. because he's cute and can sing. That's the thing. It was like, here's the thing. I was being rebellious. I feel like maybe JC has appealed to a certain type of person who wanted to like rebel against the norm. It's like, I don't like Justin on principle. I'm going to yeah, like Justin. That was me. Like, yeah, I think and we're all, I think we're all. That's why we're all in this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're all in this podcast. 
Because oh, we're yeah. like, yeah, we are, we're women who like really wanted to like JC. And then who, you realize. Who, who question the, the, the prevailing popular vibe. Yeah. Like, I'm why gonna, do I do? Am I going to like this along with everybody? You know? Yeah. Anyway. And he could sing. He could. He was oh, a good singer. He could really yeah. sing. And then there was that five minutes where everybody thought he might like black girls because he sang with black. That one like group, that group called Black. Do you remember that? Yeah, black with a okay. Q. I remember that. Yeah, that was my time. That was my time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Final question, Betty. Yes. What is your favorite era of music and artists from that era? That is so mean. I am. I am non-committed to anything. I'm just. I. I'm. A, I'm. I'm fluid, and I will not make choices. I. <laughs> but, but probably that. something in the '90s, and probably something that makes me nostalgic to this day. So like TLC. Something in the maybe even a like a little Tevin or a, a Whitney. Oh or, you know, yeah. Um, oh my God, yeah. Tevin. Something okay. that makes that hits you in that sweet spot of memory. Yeah. Okay. Good choice. I Good love choice. that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Betty. This has been so fun. We're definitely going to have you back. Um, My ad Next time we need to talk about penises, we'll call you up. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be known more. Like, if you guys have a poll quote, can we say, I want to be known for more than being the penis girl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just such an out of context, weird comment. <laughs> Okay, I'll work that out when I post the, 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 the episode. I'll make sure to mention that. Thank okay. you. That's Thank all I have. We're going to finish um, with our quote. Are you going to do it, Nomsi? Yeah, it comes from one of the first episodes of Minx. And um, one of the, the, the first uh, cover model for Minx, Shane Brody, actually says it to Joyce, thinking he's really understood something. And he says... Now I understand why women have so much suffrage. <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> this was so fun. I love you both so much. Have Yay. a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assume it will be brilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant. If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review.